Hello and welcome. I'm Danner. And I'm Janner. And welcome to Mama's Boy, a mother-son podcast where we have mm, slightly unhinged conversations about life. Again. Back again. We're back in person again here at the house. Danner and Janner. Together at last. Together at last. The moment y'all been waiting for. No more road talks. No more Costco parking lot escapades. No more cutting out in valleys. No more cutting out valleys. No more cut off episode. Well, we can't say no more, but we're back for now. Yes. We're back at it right now. What are you doing? I'm getting situated. I'm getting situated. There are, I am. Are you cozy? Uh-huh. Because we're back. We're back in person. So now I can tease you in person. Yes. And I can see you and wonder what the heck you're doing. I'm getting comfortable. <laughs> comfortable. <laughs> nah. I speak French. I'm getting comfortable. Oh, you look comfortable. That sounded like a groan. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> it sounded like a bear. The baguette de salami. That doesn't sound like French. You do it. French me. Oh, oui, oui. Yeah, mine was more masculine. Oh, oui, oui. But you sound like a grown. Spell oh, we really oui. quickly. Spell we. Oh, you I. Nice. Well played, Janner. I took French in seventh and eighth grade. <laughs> okay, then. All, All I remember is, je suis très de faire votre connaissance. I'm pleased to meet you. Dang, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. All I remember is, uh, voulez-vous coucher avec soi? C'est soi? Avec toi. Avec toi? I just remember that from a song. Mm-hmm. Voulez-vous coucher avec quoi? C'est soi. C'est soi. But doesn't it mean something not appropriate? A menage à toi. Well, doesn't it mean like, will you sleep with me tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, voulez-vous coucher avec quoi? Avec moi. Avec moi. C'est soi. C'est soi. <laughs> so I learned French as well. Uh, but we're back. We're back podding in the same room with real microphones, not on a cell phone, not in a parking lot, but here live in person. Welcome to episode 24. Is it really? Oh my goodness. We've been we've been at it. We're going at it. We missed one Tuesday. It still didn't release. So if you guys are hearing this, an episode will release Monday, and then there'll be this one today. So we're coming out with a twofer for y'all. The so one we didn't release. It's, you know, in anticipation. It really is what it is. Yes. And it's the only one we've missed thus far, but we're still releasing it. It's just late, but we did miss one. We apologize for that. Life got in the way a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're doing our best. And I think 24 episodes deep is pretty good. That's pretty damn good. Most people fizzle out by now, but not, not us. Not us. No, sir. No, ma'am. We are here today, right now. We are here. We're excited and we're doing it. But I will say, today's podcast, I think, is going to be a little deeper than our previous ones. Really, Dan? What are we going to talk about today? Because I have a topic I want to talk about. Okay. We've had a lot of fun and I've been on the road and been talking about those stories. And I don't know. Y'all may like them, may not like them. Don't really care. (laughs) I'm not care. Don't care. But today, there are a lot of people in my life right now going through heartbreak. That's true. So I wanted to talk about heartbreak because uh, I think it's an important topic we can touch on um, and kind of discuss from our viewpoints. Now, I will say that I'm not only talking about heartbreak in terms of love. 
Okay. I think heartbreak comes in a lot of forms. Oh, definitely. Lots of forms. And I, I don't think anyone is immune. No, that is a point I kept thinking about is I think one thing that's not guaranteed in life, but that is most certain is some form of heartbreak Mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that is love or financially Mm -hmm. or religion, if you're breaking away or you're having a heartbreak with religion and seeking yourself or it's your identity. Or um, your path takes a different uh, route. That can be heartbreaking to start anew. Yes. Yeah. And so I know... At least four, four people right now that are going through yeah. some form some of pretty severe heartbreak. Rough time. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you off the front, what is what has been a heartbreaking moment for you? Do you have a moment that has really stuck with you or maybe several? Oh, gosh. You know, I think there I think people I don't know about I have to ask you this, but I think most people remember their first love and how devastating the breakup with that love can be. So. You know, of course, it doesn't affect me now. But when you ask me about have I had heartbreak? Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 you know, your first I still think about my first love, not romantically, but I see is still in my memories. But I remember when I went through that time of heartbreak, it was at that time, the worst thing I could ever imagine. Well, then let me ask you another question on two on top of that. What form of heartbreak do you think you have experienced the most then? Has it been love? <clears throat> well, because let me ask this too, because I could think of um, the G's passing, grandma's passing as heartbreak. And that's exactly what I was going to go to next. You know, actually, it wasn't her actual death, although that was heartbreaking. It was her diagnosis Mm. and what was going to happen. Mm. Um, That was devastating for me. I knew that she would die of this disease and wouldn't recover. And I knew what the road looked like for her. And that was devastating. I think I was more prepared for her death because, um, I mean, it was still sad, but she was enrolled in hospice and she lived a good life until her death. So at the time of her death, although it was very sad, it also had some beauty in it because it she went the way she wanted. So again, the devastating part of the G was when I found out she had metastatic lung cancer. She was a non-smoker, and, and I, I knew, I, I worked in the lung cancer clinic at the university at the time. I knew, I knew it was going to happen, and that was devastating. So you're, you're saying that the biggest heartbreak came, yeah, just off her diagnosis and finding that piece out because she did... This, I mean, both you know, makes it bittersweet, but finding out early allows you to spend time with somebody mm-hmm. before they're passing. So mm-hmm. you, you're saying that it wasn't necessarily the passing moment itself because you almost had time to prepare for that. It was when you first found her diagnosis. And knowing and, at that time it was imminent. And her path that mm-hmm. she had to go down and all that. And I wouldn't have much longer with mm-hmm. her. That mm-hmm. was that was the most heartbreaking I think I've ever had. Yeah. So I think I don't think I've had most heartbreaks with love. I think loss. I think heartbreak with loss. But doesn't love and loss kind of go hand in hand sometimes generally so. in terms of heartbreak? Because mm-hmm. in ter- I mean, right, usually when it's speaking about love and heartbreak, you end up losing somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you're that's so true. I do remember one here. other episode that was absolutely devastating to me. I had worked with the same oncologist for 
28 years. Um, let's see, how many years before? Uh, I, yeah, for 28 years as an oncology nurse, giving chemotherapy and working with him. Then I went back for my nurse practitioner. And... Um, there was no position for me or they weren't going to make one for me um, at the cancer center. And I was absolutely the saddest I've ever been. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that, that first of all, after all my years of service, um, they weren't trying to keep me. It didn't mean any more to them than that. It it was really hard. Do you have you ever heard the song from? I think it's Jason Mraz. It's called "The Fabric of Life," and um, it, it the chorus basically says, uh, "Know your name." Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I played that over and over again to try and get me through this period of such devastating sadness. I think that, well, Grandma's death, of course, was the worst, but I think that was the second worst moment I've ever had. And But actually, you know, it was the best. Um, I did look in the mirror and because yeah, at first I was going like, wait a minute, it's me. How can they do this to me? Mm -hmm. I've been loyal for 28 years. How can they do this? Yeah. Um, they're all wrong. They're the ones who are in the wrong. And once I got over the complete heartbreak of it all, I looked in the mirror and said, okay, why? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I really grew out of there. What are the words, Dan? Read us some of the words. Um, it starts with calm down, deep breaths, and get yourself dressed instead of running around and pulling on your threads saying breaking yourself up. If it's broken part, replace it. If it's a broken arm, then brace it. If it's a broken heart, then face it. And hold your own, know your name, and go your own way. I, that's like the main course. Of that it. I... I listened to that over and over and over. And I forgot about that song. What a powerful spoke, song. It, it was. It was for me, at least. Mm -hmm. So every time I, I got angry or sad, I would say, know your name. Know your name. Mm -hmm. And that got me through that. What What about you, Dan? What, what do you think is your heartbreaking moment? Um, I think I've had, I've had a few. Luckily, I haven't had too many most of my forms have been in the form of love heartbreak you know my earliest one i can think of is my high school girlfriend mm -hmm. that one that one took a toll on me that mm -hmm. was that was a big mess um we dated for a couple of years in high school it was first love obviously so you become pretty attached and you think you know exactly what love is mm -hmm. and for the individual i hope the individual that's going through this young love right now is listening or i hope he listens because there is love out there you have yet to find it but that first one we don't know what love is but i felt like i i felt like i did yes. I felt like you felt like you've such a grasp on it and you know what it is and you kind of start planning out life with that first love you know kind of mm -hmm. like you were talking about that's why they stick with you you think about mm -hmm. them as you said not romantically not necessarily but just the the lessons and those emotions because mm -hmm. there's such powerful emotions to them. I'm 63 and I remember the moments of that <laughs> right? first love. Right, and, yeah. and I remember like how we broke up and how I mistreated her and on all that. But um, that was that was the first one. You know that one had me 
ripped to shreds. You know, I remember threatening suicide and and doing all just the gambit. Right, my heart just couldn't take it. And I, that one messed me up for a while. It kind of set me on a path. Um, I think because of that, a lot more drinking came into play throughout my life and a lot more hiding from myself, you know, not feeling worthy throughout life. So that one, that one hit really hard. Um, let's see a few more moments of heartbreak. There's probably some within the family, you know, some moments where I mistreated the family um, because of the drinking and was because that of heartbreaking my at the time or looking back, it's heartbreaking. Um, it was it was heartbreaking at the time. I mean, it still is heartbreaking, but it was heartbreaking at the time because I'm kind of sensitive like that where I'll do something so ridiculous, like where I used to, as a kid, push your buttons. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd make you really angry, but it didn't take long before I felt really terrible about it. You know, and I think, I don't know if you saw that as a kid growing up or something, but I always felt like... I didn't. Really? But I always felt like as soon as we would say sorry or something, it was like, it was, at least I felt like truly remorseful for what I did. Mm. I mean, I would go back and do it again, not yeah, long after. a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. take me long, but yeah. I just, I, I just still felt that way. So I think like in those moments, you know, moments where dad and I had some really bad fights or, you know, I, I mistreated friends or stuff like that. You know, those moments that you can't get back and we're due to like drinking and stuff. And, and I, it would be almost next day or next week where you just feel so heartbroken. Why would I do that to the people I love, the people that surround were trying to help me and surround me? And, you know, so that's heartbreaking for mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. um, nothing too financial. Obviously, I think the biggest one, I don't know if people know or don't know, but was my most recent love, um, my recent ex. Um, and we dated, I'll just tell the quick story, just so we have a backstory on it, because I think it's important people know our stories sure. on heartbreak if we're going to be talking about it but that one was a two-year relationship with a person that i did see a future with a long future with um i did see you know house and, and marriage and all that now is that what my heart wanted don't know because it's not seeming that way now and we'll touch on that later but um in terms of at the time this is a person i saw kind of life with i thought i'd found my person you know and um moved you know moved for him and really shifted my life a lot for that person and um we ended up ending things i think it was pretty mutually because we were just on different pages by the end of it but that one that one really broke my heart in the love sense you know sure. that that was a big big heartbreak in the sense of love because i think girlfriends leading up to that um i had a, i had a few good ones a few girlfriends that i had dated um but i also had some really bad apples that left a bad taste in my mouth mm -hmm. you know so to find my my latest one it just felt like all right you know i'm coming up on 30 i've kind of got my life patched together this is these are the steps life's supposed to take mm -hmm. and then wham you know it, it shifts everything so um to be honest i i still i still feel as though i'm healing from it mm -hmm. you know it was almost two years ago at this point that we separated i mean it was yeah a little over a year and a half but and when i say heal i you know i don't always mean i cry every night or i you know long for somebody back you know for me healing just simply means the days i don't i don't I hate to admit it out loud, but I don't think a day has gone by I still haven't thought about her in some capacity. Sure. You know, even if it's just a quick flash of a thought, 
it's still, I don't think I've gone a day without a thought entering my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I consider that healing, you know, and I don't think you ever forget somebody, but to go a year and a half and still have, you know, thoughts of them or, you know, just driving through Denver where we had an apartment together or Boulder where we first met, you know, it's just, it's easily brought out. Um, so it's just healing in terms of like, oh yeah, I appreciate that part of my life. Mm -hmm. But it's, you, you will probably always hold thoughts of her. A hundred percent. Because she was part of your life. So yes. you can't forget them. Yeah. And that's why I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't try to forget people just like the first love we were talking about, but um, healing just in terms of it's not just a thought. It still has a slight emotion to it. But the reason it's healing is because the quickness of it. Like mm -hmm. I, before where I would think and then it would grasp me by the heart and pull. Mm -hmm. Now it, I think I have the thought and then it's gone. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we used to do this. Okay. And then it's gone. Mm -hmm. So it's still there. But the, the healing process of how my heart reacts to it is much better and mm -hmm. everything. So, um it takes time and goes there, but not to beat that dead horse, but that was my most recent heartbreak. Um, and, and that one was a doozy. And that one was one that changed me, I think for the better. Um, and we'll talk about that. I, I think in a little bit, because I want to discuss how these situations did change us and what right. we got out of them. Mm -hmm. um, but I know if people in my life that are going through heartbreak are listening, you know, I know some are going through um, the love heartbreak. I know some are going through financial hardships. I know some that are going through both. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people have kind of reached out. So unfortunately, it's, I'd say unfortunately, but fortunately and unfortunately, you, we go through them. Right. So heartbreak doesn't necessarily be, mean forever. Mm -hmm. And there is growth from heartbreak, but it's hard to see at the time of the heartbreak. Yeah. It's hard to see how, what any good can come out of this pain. Yeah. But that's what I think. That's why I want to touch on it too, because I think there is so much power in heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how you think heartbreak is good. I think heartbreak, because I think heartbreak, true heartbreak is, is a shattering of all expectations and, um, reality and emotion as you know it, right? It's a complete shattering. It's not a little pain or somebody hurt you. You don't describe it. True heartbreak is when your emotions are completely shattered. And I think it's that shattering that's beneficial because it's it's almost as if you hit a reset button. It allows you to gather up the strong pieces and put those back together and leave weak pieces in the past. Mm -hmm. So that's the good I think can come of heartbreak is it's, it's a very powerful reset tool because mm -hmm. um, you can shift your focus and really start building yourself up as a better person. Um, and that's, you know, something I want to touch on. But but before we get there, I want to ask you the same question. What do, what do you think is can come of heartbreak? Well, I think the example I gave you about my job, from that came incredible insight to myself and growth, personal growth. Mm. I Once I looked in the mirror... I, I realized some things that I hadn't before and, and work on those things even now. Um, when I stepped back to see it from another person's eyes, um, I, I think there was incredible growth on my part. And plus, it led to 
other opportunities that I may not have had had they found a position for me. Um, and I was also, because I had to find a new position, I learned new things from a new oncologist um, that also helped in my development. So I think for me, at least with occupational heartbreak, that it was uh, a moment of, of growth, personal mm. growth. And a bit of clarity, right? It, 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 although it seems cloudy at first, mm-hmm. at least for me, you know, that healing process becomes clarity. You slowly start finding mm-hmm. the, the, the purpose behind it. But that was a big point I want to talk about as well as I think um, with heartbreak, there's really two paths you can go down, you know, and there's there's one of um, not learning, not understanding and not growing. Right. Which is which is usually blame placing, feeling sad, feeling feeling beat down and abused. And why me? Mm-hmm. And then there's the other path of learning mm-hmm. and um, growing and building um, and understanding mm-hmm. um, and finding that. And I think the, the reason I thought that there's really two paths is because I think I've gone through both. You know, I think the first breakup and the first heartbreaks that I talked about, the breakups, the mistreating family and friends and all that stuff. I think I took the path of poor me, you know, uh-huh. I, I drank and I wallowed in it mm-hmm. and I, I, I never learned. It was just how, what did I do wrong? Why am I such a garbage person? Why am I so bad that no one can love me? Why am I so, am I so shitty that I mistreat people that love me? Why am I this way? Mm-hmm. You know, I wallowed in it. And then my recent heartbreak was the path of clarity. It was a path of, um, no, this isn't happening to me. It's happening for me. Um, but did you know? Did you come to that conclusion right away? How long did it take you to realize that? With this, right, with so, the recent one. So you broke up, and you left Wisconsin. How long did it take you to come to that moment of clarity? I think. You know, this one, I don't know why, but it felt a little different in terms of things. Um, I would say that that those moments where I started understanding that concept took me six months, six or seven months. Um, it, it definitely took time. But the thing was, that it didn't start off as a pity party. You know, we didn't immediately separate. And then I started thinking I'm horrible. There was something that felt different about this one. There was something that felt... Um, scary and comforting at the same time like this is horrible but things are going to be all right and i don't understand it well i think you were older and more mature so you had more life experience that's definitely part of it you know there's definitely going through all that but there is there's a big piece of it where i was just it i was done i was done feeling bad for myself Mm mm-hmm you know, it was a it was a really weird thing where I, I was just I remember thinking that a lot because after we we broke up and I was going through all that, I was traveling. That's when I first hit the road in my car. Right. And so it was a lot of time uh, alone time. It was a lot of time with just Chance and I um, and just nothing but reflection, just hiking and reflection and and working a little bit in there, but hiking and reflection and um, just us on the road. And it was just so beautiful. But it, I, I just remember thinking, like, I'm so sick of feeling bad for myself. 
I'm over it, you know? Like, this is... It's in my control, you know? Like, I, not necessarily sadness, because a bit of that's out of your control, you know? It'll hit you in waves and stuff. But thinking, oh, I didn't do enough for her. And, oh, I was... Sorry if this is triggering anybody, but um, but oh, you know, I'm I'm too I'm too fat for her, or oh, the sex wasn't good enough with her. You know, all those just caustic thoughts that mm-hmm. go through you. Mm-hmm. I finally just had enough because I had them on replay in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm not good enough at this. It was because I was chunky, and it was because I didn't show her enough love. It was because of this. It was because I was just enough. I was so over it. Mm-hmm. And I said, No, I am who I am. You just woke up, you think, or just it it evolved over time that this you were sick of thinking about the negative. It took time, but over looking at the scheme of things, it feels like overnight, right? Mm-hmm. It felt so quick for the amount of pain I was experiencing. So it feels like overnight, but no, it took time, mm-hmm. you know, to to come around to that. And it was a, it was a weird one in terms of this heartbreak where. We had split. I did a lot of healing, but then I saw her again. Um, yes. And and that was an interesting moment because it, being back with her after, I think it was like three months, we, we split for three months. Yeah, two, two and a half months. It was really recent after we split. Um, and then seeing her again... It, it was weird because it was all this heartbreak, but there wasn't a lust for her back. And that's where I started finding some power in myself. There wasn't like I miss her and I loved her and I actually cried harder leaving her that time than I did when we initially separated. I think probably because I really knew that was the last time I'd truly ever see her. Um, but there was, it wasn't, I just knew that this, this wasn't it, that it was my time, you know? But if you knew that, why the emotion of crying? Was it cathartic to kind of just release that, say, this is final, I can grieve, but now I'm done? There was, there were multiple things, <laughs> um, to be honest, because that was, that was the start of the path. So, um, I mean... Why not be as honest as possible on the podcast? <laughs> um, there's drinking, right? So, so that that plays into the depression um, mm-hmm. because not only were we drinking, but then there was the wedding that happened, and then I saw her after that, and at that wedding, I lots of I drink. Lots of drinking. I, I drank. I, that was probably the most I've drank in three years. That was and an amazing amount of alcohol that got consumed. It was a <laughs> Polish wedding. I was slinging kielbasas around the room. I was hitting people with Polish sausages. Yes. That was that was the drunk Dan level I had gotten at. I knew you were drinking a <laughs> lot. And I had fun. I had a lot of fun. But seeing her after that kind of bender. Mm-hmm. Um... And then, honestly, I mean, it's hard to admit it was a year ago. And even from a year ago, a lot, a lot has shifted with me. But some drugs were involved when I was there with her. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a little bit from a long time ago of um, stuff that smells good. Uh-huh. And... Um, I had used a little bit just because I didn't, 
I, I was still handling all my emotions. Everything was new to me. Mm-hmm. And I had a little bit of it. And um, so a little bit, and that was, that was pre-wedding and all that. But my point is simply that the, maybe I cried a little bit more because my brain was beat up from all of that stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and um, you know, just dopamine had been dumped and serotonin dumped and, you know, all that, all that shit was in me. But I, I it was also just looking at this person who you love and then um just knowing that they'll after this moment they're a complete stranger to you you will never see them again you spent two years you you poured your heart out to them you you did everything with them you know and you were going to get married you had this whole timeline in your future and you're about to walk out the door and never see somebody again in your life Mm -hmm. and that like dawned on me with her but like i like i was alluding to like I knew, though, that this was my moment, you know? So it was like a weird mixture on this one. I think you're right. I think it a little bit came with age. But I, I just knew that um, that th- this was time. So I think your question was kind of like, you know, how did we get – how did I get to that point um, of not – you know, against me, but for me sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, it definitely took some time, but this one felt a little different. And I do think I, I wisened up a little bit mm-hmm. um, through it. But um, it was it was one of those where it just took, I don't know, I'm a believer in, in re, like, like you did, and I want to hear more about yours, but realigning your vision when heartbreak hits, you know, because that's, that, that was so powerful was being able to just be with chance and be like us reevaluating who I am as a person, what I want out of life. What am I doing with it? Who, who am I, mm-hmm. you know, just that moment. And I, I cut so many people out of my life, not purposely. I didn't text people and say, I'm done with you. You're this and this, but I just, I didn't reach out to anybody. I didn't seek attention. I didn't seek validation. I wanted nothing but my own thoughts and to figure out who I am and what I want out of this life and the power that gave me, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is transformed completely. But it sounds a lot like what you did with work, looking yeah. in the mirror and saying, who am I? Right. Yeah. What what happened? Yeah. You know, what what went wrong? What what can I improve on in the future? And what kind of conclusions did you come through with that when you were? talking to yourself about this and, and trying to figure out was it me was it them who did I hurt you know all those thoughts what, what are some of the conclusions you came through came well to? you know it's hard to admit your faults um i mean i'm in it a lot right now so pour her out <laughs> yeah so yeah and so i i just had to think it wasn't necessarily the oncologist, I think, but it was two of the nurses who I'd been working with, one, both of them as my supervisors. And I, I kind of realized that I'm a, was, and maybe I still am, but I don't think as much now, I was a little bit needy, a little bit uh, histrionic. I was much more emotional. Explain that word. Um, like, please. Uh, histrionic is um, uh, emotions that are a little bit out of proportion. Okay. Like, you know how I cry easily, but I really cried easily back then. Little things would set my tears going. Mm. Um, so I was a little bit more of a drama queen, if you will. Um, and then, um, so I, I, I realized that, that 
I and I spoke much more freer back then. I said what was what was on my mind without really thinking should I say these things. Mm. And I've so I'm much more restrained now with what I share and what I say um, to my coworkers. Um, I just I think that being the drama queen probably is the big one like uh, they didn't love me as much as I thought they loved me. Mm, yeah. You know, I thought that I was, you know, I thought I was irreplaceable yeah. and I realized I was not. Yeah. And that hurt a little bit. Of course. What a, what a yeah. blow to, again, like we were talking about like emotions and yeah, ego. Yeah, you're eating my ego. My ego was out of place. Mm-hmm. The way that one of the managers did it was a little cruel. Um, always sit making comments to me about, you know, there, you're, there's no place for you here. There's, you know, we're waiting for somebody else. Little, and that was really hurtful. Um, they really those, said words like that. Uh-huh. There's no place for you. Yeah, there's, wow. we don't have a place for you here. You know, you should probably start looking. And that it was, it felt cruel to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, once I looked in the mirror, and I, I kind of pulled up my big girl, Haynes panties my granny panties and and put my mind at finding a new job which i did um and that was a learning opportunity wasn't the greatest job but i got a job and i set my mind to to try to do the best in that job and i kind of put the other people out of my mind that's i think that's one of my coping mechanisms is uh to not think about them anymore um to put them out of my mind completely and to not address them anymore and so i Mm. put them out of my mind and i actually didn't hear from them for I don't know, over a year. And then all of a sudden it was a new opportunity to come back. And so it was, it, it was a wonderful moment. It worked out how it should be, but it was so hard. I think I mourned and cried for two months, two, three months when that was all going on. It was so gut wrenching for me. You maintained pretty thick skin. Cause I don't remember Oh. I mean, I knew, I knew it affected you. I mean, oh, I knew it hurt you, but yeah. I, I didn't honestly realize it hurt you this deep. It, I deep. had so many sleepless nights where I was oh. just perseverating mm-hmm. on on the unfairness of yeah. this and how I so much wanted to stay, and I thought my career would end there. And but it was a, it was a new fork in the road. Um, you know, just to, it. It is hard to see that when you're going through the moment. Yep. So just like, you know, we know someone right now who's dealing with some major stressors, mm-hmm. uh, loss of a job, um, loss of a marriage. And it's hard to see the light mm-hmm. that how could how could things get any better? This is the worst ever. My life sucks. Yeah, that's that's all it makes you feel like. Mm-hmm. And there's dad has a quote by his computer that I always like. Um, and it says, not all storms come. Um, how is it go? Not all storms come to cause. Like, I, I just know the end of it. And yeah. That's what I like. But not basically not all come storms come to destroy everything. It's um, some come to clear your path. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I don't, I, obviously, I'm not putting it right. I just said it's one of my favorite quotes, mm-hmm. but it's one of my favorites because I know the end of it. Mm-hmm. Some come to clear your path. Right. Right. And uh-huh. but we and I would say I would dare say not even some. I would say almost all storms come to show clarity to you in some way. And that's our job to pick it out, right? That's why there's two paths we can go down. Mm -hmm. You can let the storm be a destroyer or you can say, I just have to weather through this 
and I will find some clarity. Right. Might not be a year. Might not be two. Might not be 10. But I think eventually clarity comes out of it. You know, when a new situation arrives or a new boyfriend or a new husband or a new job or whatever it's going to be that's new. There's that clarity that Mm -hmm. comes in and Mm -hmm. you say, well, here's a red flag or here is how I was mistreated before. Here's and you have that moment of here's how I want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Here's how I expect to be treated. Here's who I am as a person and I won't settle for any less. And here is how I'm going to change. Yes. To make it better now. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, you're starting to hold yourself to standards and you Mm -hmm. have this belief that I deserve this. And when you start maneuvering through life with with that sort of clarity, then, yes, you know, Mm -hmm. you 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 reset yourself and you Mm -hmm. you become you become better and stronger and, and more because of it. But it's so crazy how it just swallows you up it's just so it's so it's so chaotic i mean i remember through all those heartbreaks it was just like nothing nothing matters what's the point it's it's, that's always the first one too well it's so unfair Mm -hmm. what did i do what did Mm -hmm. i what did i do Mm -hmm. deserve all this would it be appropriate for me to, to talk about your dad's story and how we met i i believe so yeah so this is a story of heartbreak uh, and of beauty at the same time. And I don't think he would mind me sharing. So when I first met your father, and I think you know this story, it was in a bar. That's how I think it's the most incredible thing. story, by the way, because I, yeah, I, I, I become part of it. So I think it's, it's one of the, sorry to interrupt you, but yes, it's one of the most incredible stories. And it's one that um, makes me think more universally mm-hmm. about things, mm-hmm. that there's things that we don't always understand. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those stories that I'll let you tell that I just, I find so amazing. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So back in my day, we met at bars. We went to bars to meet people. We didn't have uh, Twitter. We didn't have, what is it, Tinder or whatever <laughs> yeah, you guys do. Yeah, you're doing do. good. Bumble, Twitter, yeah. <laughs> Tinder. So we all went to bars and um, my roommate and I went to this one bar and she kind of went off with this one guy who turned out to be the friend of Mark, my husband. And my husband, well, my future husband, Mark, was sitting at a table all by himself. And usually at bars back then, there was no place to sit. So if you had a table, it was amazing. So I asked if I could sit down and he wasn't trying to pick me up, which, you know, at bars, that's you get hit on all the time. And he wasn't trying to hit on me. And uh, so we started talking and um, he asked me to up to dance and uh, I was interested. So I tickled the back of his neck with, you know, tickled his hair on the back of his neck to signal my interest in him and exchanged phone numbers. And then he lost it. And we frequent in that bar again. And he lost the phone number. He lost the phone. Not lost it like emotionally. He lost lost the phone number. And we went back and um, they were there. His group of friends were there again. And my roommate was there and she went off again. And, um, and this time I told him how to remember my name and my phone number. And, um, and we started dating, but here's the story. So we met in November. He's my husband's from St. Louis and his girlfriend in St. Louis uh, was going to move out here to be with him because he'd got a job in Denver in oil and gas. And so she was still in St. Louis, was going to move out here to be with him. And um, I don't know the full story, but I do know that on her goodbye party, there was a 
horrible car accident, and she was thrown from the car and was killed. And that was happened in July, and I met him in November. So his grief was still palpable, um, and he was he was still drinking, and this was the reason he wasn't trying to pick me up, because he was still mourning her and drinking to try to forget her. So the long story short is we've been married 39 years and have a wonderful family. And it, 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 never, it, it never leaves my mind that had she not died, my life would be different. You would not be sitting here with me. Mm-hmm. Chance, your dog, would not be sitting here with us. No. In fact, the contractor who's remodeling our bathroom would not be here. You know, it it touches a giant ripple, a huge ripple, and I I am so sad for her parents, but I'm grateful that it offered me this life. Yeah, um, I mean that's a powerful statement right there. Like, obviously heartbroken for her family and what they went through. Yeah, but so the, he, the the the. Family we have right now yeah. is a direct outcome of loss, of that yeah. loss. And, and he mourned her probably even after we were married. How, how do you forget a love like that? Yeah. Um, but eventually your heart heals. But you don't know where these tragedies, devastation, devastation, sadness, where they will lead in the future. Um, and it's hard to, to keep that in mind when you're going through the, the heartbreak. Mm, it's, that's why I tell a lot of people, it's just, just keep your head high and keep powering forward. Cause you don't, you just don't know. You don't know why you, you don't always understand it. You don't always get to understand it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't, you don't get to understand why why that happened. Yeah, you know, or, or why it happened to you, or, or in that manner. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't get that knowledge, but you can reap the benefits of it if you start mm-hmm. trusting and understanding mm-hmm. um, that there's that there's reasons and um, things like that. So I just that story is always just so 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 incredible to me. Just, just because that I mean that is. In my opinion, how the universe operates—not necessarily heartache like that—but it, it 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 does things that sets these paths that we don't get, we don't understand them. Right. It 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 does these things, and um, I think that that's just so amazing um, to it. But I mean. All those stories being said as well, I, you know, I think it's important we talk to just briefly about um, some advice we could offer yeah. for, for people going through that, you know, because um, we've we've been given some clarity. Right. You know, we, we've gone through it and people listening and you know, not everyone's going through heartbreak right now, but, um, you know, others can probably relate. But um, you're looking at something. Did you well, want to? You had one favorite saying in dad's office. I have another favorite saying. In Ooh, fact, yeah. I bought a plaque and it's in my office and it's about um, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Mm, yeah. So sometimes when 
someone has some heartbreak, I've said to them, start dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, put the umbrella down and put your head up to the sky and dance in the rain. And Cel- the storm cel- will pass. Celebrate both sides of it. Yeah. You know, you can't. You if you you've got to learn to embrace the bad as well as the good. You know, because mm-hmm. if you and if you embrace only the good, then the bad seems that much worse. You have to dance in the rain a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think about that too. You know, you. You've not only experienced heartbreak, but you've had to deliver heartbreak. You've had to sit through heartbreak with others, through mm-hmm. your job, through, yeah. you know, with what you do uh, as an NP and oncologist and and sit with people and probably deliver some hard news as well. Yeah. No, I don't I I don't trivialize someone who's got progressive cancer with just start dancing. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. But um, but yeah, no, it. It it is definitely hard to deliver heartbreaking news as well, but it's different when you're on the receiving end of those yeah. of that news than delivering it. But you know, I I I, I don't the advice to people. I I'm not sure the advice. It's so easy to say one day at a time, but it, tr- it truly is. No, one be day cliche because sometimes I think the cliche and the corny quotes like this and stuff they they've been developed out of people who've experienced it or found mm-hmm. little quirks or quibs. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one day at a time you, you is huge. You get through one day, and then you get through the next day, and and time heals. Time it, heals. It does. That's why I tell so many people, and, and same with your one day at a time. That's, I think, why hiking became so important to me. It was because whenever something was a challenge, I would just always tell myself one more step. One more step. Just take one more step. I know we're tired. One more step, you know? And then that one step would turn into a hundred more steps. And I say, you know, I'm at the top of a mountain or when I'm walking or on my runs and I'm going up a hill, I tell myself, Dan, what is at the bottom of the, or what's at the top of the hill? Mm -hmm. Downhill. What's at the top of this hill? Downhill. Just keep running. Just keep going. Because when, you, when you're getting there, then it's down. And then you're going to come to another hill again. What are you going to do? Same thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a struggle uphill. Then what's at the top of that? Downhill. Mm-hmm. Then you get to run downhill. And so that's why it was like the same concept. But, but why well, I started hiking with Chance because I just it felt comforting just one step at a time. One more step. One more step. We got this. You know, and look at him. One more step, buddy. We got this. And you're at the top and you've, you've realized your goal. I've made it. I'm alive. I'm surviving. Okay, I can do this next step. And you can sit and you can yeah. enjoy it for a minute and yeah. breathe and do it. And and I, I, some might argue not everything has an end goal, but I think there's little victories. There are little end goals. There's little summits along the way. Mm-hmm. I think the whole path of life is up and down. It's hills. Mm-hmm. But so people would say, oh, it's never ending. You know, there's never that vista. I think there are. You just have to start acknowledging them, saying, all right, this was a little victory. Mm-hmm. Today I won today. Then other days you're going to say, I lost today. Mm-hmm. Today was not it, but I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to go again. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm going to continue on. And I'm just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep moving. I don't, I've never thought that life was supposed to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we don't have stumbles, hurdles, difficulties, how do we grow if everything is handed to us and life is simple? You absolutely don't. That's why when we were talking about earlier, like, what are the goods of heartbreak? I almost want to say everything. Everything. You can reset. You can build yourself up. You can start anew. It allows you to break your ego, to break your self-thought, to break whatever you need to break right there. It snaps. Start again. 
pull it, do it, start again, be who you want to be. You know, for me, it absolutely changed everything. I've lost the weight I wanted to lose. I got good habits. I'm, I dropped addictions that I've had for, you know, 10 plus years. I, you found new interests. I found new interests. I, I hike. I just, all I want to do is be outside. Whereas all I want to do is be inside. I used to hide from myself, you know, and now I celebrate myself, not, not cockiness. Not I'm not talking, I'm cocky talking about, I celebrate myself. It's okay to inspire yourself and say, damn, man, I did that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. And, and to just absolutely everything changed. And I'm so grateful for that. And you know, I, a lot of, when I was talking about healing, a lot of my intrusive thoughts that come back in is what if I, and this is one I'd still battle all the time, but what if I'd been this way with her? with my ex mm-hmm. and I constantly tell myself that never would have happened No, because I needed that break to become this person. Exactly. And, and that's the thought I still battle because I like to place myself in moments in our relationship where, um, you know, there's one moment where, cause she wanted to hike all the time or she wanted to go to the dog park. And I remember snapping and say, why do you only want to go to the dog park or hiking? Can't we do anything else? Well, of course my anything else was staying inside. Right. I was, mm. I was like that. But so I always laugh at that cause I'm a hiker. Now all I want to do is be outside. All I want to do is be anywhere, but inside I want to go out there. Right. So I laugh at that and I always think, well, what if, and then I have to stop myself and say, no, that's not how it worked. You don't get to do that. It was because of all that, that I became who I am. Exactly. And it was because of your heartbreak at work that you became stronger and a little more, maybe we say emotionally stable mm-hmm. at work. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you can't go back and relive them because those have to happen. Right. You have to get shattered or you have to get hurt a little bit mm-hmm. or else you'll never reevaluate. You'll never look yourself in the mirror and figure it out again. Exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. And I like that. And, you know, and going through it, too, where where it seems like the punches keep on punching. I always think of your uh, duck thing, too, where... Ah, be a duck. Be a duck. Uh Because you wrote that poem, right? I did write a poem. We're going to have to bring it out at some point. Yeah, it was... Unless you can recite the whole thing. I cannot remember, but I wrote a a poem about being a duck and and, and letting water fall off your feathers Mm -hmm. like a duck. Yeah, water doesn't stick to a duck, you always said. Yeah, lucky duck. And I know, yeah, and I know people could say, well, that's just about problems in life i think that's about heartbreak too is like you got a, a dancing in the rain you've got to learn to play in the rain and let the water roll off mm-hmm. um because it's, it's going to be what it's going to be and um yeah you know i i think just i couldn't agree more with your sentiment about the biggest piece of advice is just keep going you know just just keep pushing forward it just it sounds so generic you know? it sounds so <laughs> easy oh, one so day easy. at a time just but no time. that's all you can't do mm-hmm. is get through one day and then the next day and eventually the the hurt eases up and yeah. then you can see clarity like you said mm-hmm. and i'm a big mm-hmm. you know me and, and my whole universal talk but i'm a big um believer in in um, the universe and what it has planned for us or what it does or doesn't. I'm not talking destiny and all that, but, but trusting that process, you know, we've said that so many times, but, um, somebody, or I saw something about, uh, basically, and you know, I've been bringing it up recently, but a lot about reflections on how we see the world and what reflections are and what reflections mean. And I, I saw another one basically saying like, if I get 
this, then I'm going to be happy. You know, telling the universe, oh, when I get that car, then I'm going to be happy is very similar, if not the exact same as looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I'm going to smile when that person smiles. Ah, good point. It's not going to happen. Right. It's not going to happen. You know, you need to decide right then and now how you're going to react to these things are you going to become stronger are you going to become better are you going to start smiling are you going to dance in that rain mm-hmm. are you going to have a little pity party and if you do for a little bit that's all okay those mm-hmm. those are all okay emotions but what are you telling the universe right now mm-hmm. i'm going to get through this i'm going to get through this i'm going to and if you just keep repeating that i'm going to get through this i'm going to get through this mm-hmm. you know one thing i kept repeating on my hikes besides one step at a time but was when i was going through heartbreak i would always repeat to myself i do not chase i attract what is meant for me will find me and then i kept saying that again and again i do not chase i attract you know because i'm sick of chasing friends i'm sick of chasing relationships i'm sick of trying to understand myself let it be yeah and attract what you want don't don't chase it attract you'll get through this you'll get through this heartbreak Um, you can do it you will grow and it will be different and rewarding Mm -hmm. and I I hope I have fewer you know I still got some life left on the planet and I want to talk to you about it today because you're older I am you're double my age so you've had Twice as many opportunities for heartbreak as I have had. Lots of reflections in my life. Uh huh. Do you think you reflect more now or in the past? Like, were you pretty stubborn when heartbreak came along? Were you kind of just, oh, that was them or this and that? Because I feel like maybe it's just who I am, but I feel like you reflect a lot more now in the past few years. Like, you really. You take more time to, to think about the situation as a whole. Oh, absolutely. And I think I'm. it's part of that growth that I experienced that many years ago um, was, okay, look at, look at it from a different angle. I think when I was younger, I was pretty self-centered and it was all, you know, the world revolved around me. I was the younger child. I'm not saying that you're the youngest and it all revolves around you, but when I was a younger child, the world revolved around me and I realized it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so I do reflect more and think more um, think things through more I think before I speak more not I'm not always perfect at doing that mm-hmm. but I try hard to think about what I'm going to say um, not always good especially in the emotion of the moment but I'm trying to to do those things that I discovered in myself. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest piece is when you're, it's just that acknowledgement of effort, right? Like we're not, like I said, like it's not, I'm healer, I'm this, or, you know, I, 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 how am I trying to say? I, I think before I speak, it doesn't mean you're good at it. It means, but you acknowledge when you're having those moments. Oh, slow down. You know, slow down, Dan, or slow, you know, mm-hmm. you're acknowledging the fact. And I think there's, that's such a powerful lesson. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, in, in terms of heartbreak, I hope everybody listening, this was a good one. I, we want to talk about, or I want to talk about it. Who wants to talk about heartbreak, honestly? No. No one really wants to. Yeah. But um, I just saw with so many dear people close to me um, that, I, I just hate to see them torn up. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have 
um, asked me for advice on how to get through it, which is silly to me because I, I did go through it. And I think I, I'm better off because of my heartbreak, but I'm learning too. You know, I'm learning so much and every day. And that's the biggest thing is I, I'm learning um, mm-hmm. on how to handle it. So um, I hope everybody's gained some advice, insight, mm-hmm. not advice, advice. Right. Uh, but we wish you all can dance in the rain. Yeah. Hope everyone can dance in the rain and, you know, be a little more patient with everybody because you don't know who's going through heartbreak. You don't know what everyone's going through. And those that are one day at a time. There you go. Dance in the rain. Okay. And be the duck. Be a duck. And this has been Danner. And Janner. And thank you for listening to our podcast today. We love you all. But we got to say bye-bye. And wish you all the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.